Hey, book friends, this is Corey. Thanks for listening along as Kiri and I have a book club for two over a cup of tea. In each episode, we will share highlights from our recent reading adventures. We want to share the hits and misses along with why they worked or didn't work for us. We know life is busy and everyone's TBR list is too long, especially with an ever-growing list of books to choose from. We're hoping to simplify one little thing in your busy life by doing the heavy lifting and giving you suggestions for your next book adventure. If you like our podcasts, don't forget to give us some love and support. Things you could do include recommending us to your reading friends. You could subscribe to the show or rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts. It only takes a couple of minutes, but it will help us grow our audience and make it easier for listeners like you to find us. All right, let's get started. Hey, book friends. So we are back. And as we foreshadowed, we are trying out some new format things in 2020. And we have our first guest. Actually, okay. Technically, Sydney was our first guest. True. But with our new format, I would love for Rebecca to say hello to everyone. And then we'll have Kiri talk about our tea. Hi, guys. I'm so excited. <laughs> so this afternoon, I don't know, whatever day and time it is that you listen to this beautiful podcast, we're drinking Tranquil Peach Herbal Tea from Plum Deluxe. Um, it has rooibos. Is that how you say that word? Rooibos. Yeah. Apple pieces, pineapple, rose hips, chamomile, lemon, um, cornflowers, always cornflowers, blue cornflowers, peach and pineapple essence, and it tastes... Interesting. I don't know if I like it, but really, it, it tastes better with honey. Oh, I like it. I like the it. honey. Oh, okay. Yeah. To me, I it's not overly peachy. That's what yeah. I like. I feel like it's overly something though, and I don't know what it is. I think it's the rose. Uh, I think it's the rooibos. Oh, it's the rooibos. Yeah. Well, Corey for me, knows. anyways. Um, I, well, I always love, ironically, probably like herbal. I don't like a lot of flavored teas, but peach is one of those things, just in general, like peach flavored things. I think it lends itself well. So I think that's why I, that and the tranquil, I, we were talking about, whew, stress. Um, so I was like, yes, I need something to make me a little tranquil. <laughs> but as you're talking about what you don't like, I think the little, there's like a, for me, I, I'm not always the biggest fan of rooibos. It has almost like a medicinal taste to me. Oh, see, that's not the taste I taste. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. So I you don't think, know what I taste. So I don't know. That's the one little note I could have done without. But I think it's just a nice, light, peachy, herbally, mm-hmm. tranquil. I feel tranquil already. <laughs> <laughs> the sound of the rain outside exactly. is perfect. Oh, I know. Yeah, it's a cold, rainy day here. So. And then I can just like rile you back up again with trail mix cookies that O-M-G. are gluten-free and vegan. And especially made chocolate chip for Rebecca. Yes. <laughs> so good. Thank you. You're welcome. They have cranberries, um, pecans, coconut. I'll write the recipe up and yeah, share it. Definitely. And it'll be delicious. And I'm one of those weirdos that I'm I'm weird about texture with my baked goods, so I usually don't like nuts in my cookies, but But they're finely chopped. They're nuts. finely chopped, so it's not bad. I, I I could probably still do without the nuts, honestly. Ugh. But Nonsense. I love the flavors. I like the chocolate and the cranberries, a little hint of coconut. And for a uh, gluten-free cookie. Gluten-free and vegan. It's not particularly dry. Mm-mm. It has a nice little moist, has some moisture to it, and the texture's nice. Almond milk. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look at you. And coconut oil. So good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did I tell you I tried make y'all, I tried making, I have this book called The Minimalist Baker. Mm, and she's I've vegan. seen that. I follow her blog. Yeah. Yeah. So I, we had a damaged copy at the bookstore, so I snagged it. Nice. And uh, we made vegan queso 
cashews. Yeah. I love I'm the I love yeah. me some <laughs> vegan cat like cashew cheese is yeah. So good. Does I'm it, the only person in my family that loves uh, it. Yeah. Does it have the yeast? Um, yeah, it had some nutritional version. yeast nutritional in it. Yeast, yeah. Which was my first foray into that. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was, you know, I think our conclusion was um, we liked it. We didn't necessarily like, oh, yeah, this is totally a replacement for queso. But it's just for what it was. We're like, we made some pretty good nachos. I think we might have ended up putting some bacon in there. <laughs> <laughs> And it didn't need to purpose, but that's okay. <laughs> I can't remember. I feel like Maybe it's a... it was fake bacon. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, well, I, I think we did it all in, like, that followed everything, like, and made, like, a vegan um, dinner, like, nachos. Mm-hmm. And then I think with the leftovers, we ended up kind of doing our own thing. <laughs> but Putting bacon on Have it. you ever made coconut bacon? Ooh. You know, that? I haven't, but... It is so good. It's... Laura made it for me one time. It is it is good. I, I still don't feel like it's a bacon replacement, but it was smoky and chewy yeah. and it <laughs> We'll have to talk offline after <laughs> Corey's face during that description was classic. Kind of not. Or maybe it was mushrooms that she used. I don't know. There was something she did where she made some faux faux smoky, bacon. Faux bacon. Yeah. And it was good. Again, I just I guess for me, my philosophy is is that if I'm going to eat vegetarian, I'm not looking for meat substitutes. Yeah. I just want an enjoyable vegetarian meal. Yeah. So that's kind of where usually my approach. But I felt like since I have the Minimalist Baker book, I want to try some of the more. Well, and so when Chris and I were vegan, we were eating a lot of fake meat. And the fake meat is actually really not good for you. Oh, because it has like a lot of, yeah, and it has mm-hmm. MSG in it, which is why you like it. So, yeah. 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 Anyway. Anyways. So, that now that we've <laughs> talked Cookies about... Cookies to fake bacon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome to being on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Obviously, like, when it comes to food, I'm like, okay. You're like, I can talk I'm about all this. in. <laughs> Definitely. So, so, yeah, if you ever want to borrow the cookbook, I'm happy. All right. Well, uh, so we thought we'd love to have Rebecca start by sharing a little bit about who she is and how we know her and just whatever she wants our listeners to know about her. So, take it away. Sure. So, let's see. I live, I've lived in Flagstaff, um, about three and a half years now. Crazy. I know. It I feel feels like, like a lot. Forever. <laughs> I thought you were a long time. When you said three and a half years, I was like, no, you've been here forever. Yeah. Um, and so, um, my husband and our two boys moved from the Bay area where we lived for, um, 18 years. And so I had a former life as a lawyer and then moved here to open a bar three fitness studio and kind of just reinvent my life. (laughs) And it's, I love it so much. Um, Let's see what else. I have two boys, 13 and 16, two dogs, um, one and a half and like 13, 14. I try, we don't really know how old he is. I try not to think about (laughs) it. And... Yeah, that's me, and I like to cook cat things like cashew cheese and <laughs> fake coconut bacon. Well, then maybe I need to invite myself over and let you and put myself at your mercy so that because you've done a lot more work with it, maybe then I'd be like, oh, yeah, okay. or maybe not. I'm the only one in my house who likes it, so it could be more me than anything. So I would love to know. I can understand wanting to leave the attorney rat race because I know that can be pretty intense. But why bar three and why flag staff? Okay. So I just love to move. I've always loved to move, even when I was a little kid. Like I was teaching myself yoga at 10. So Mm -hmm. I've always loved moving. 
And when I was at my craziest as a lawyer, I would take bar classes. Mm. And it literally was the only hour of my day where I felt I couldn't think about any stress. <laughs> so I got really hooked. So I've been doing it since 2008, multiple times a week. Wow. So for a really long time. And I'd always look at the owners and I'd say, I want to be them. And But like, mm-hmm. you know how you kind of get those beliefs where you're like, well, yeah, but I can't do that. Right. I'm on this path. I can't do that path. And then eventually I just got the courage to do a different path okay. and nobody understood. So that's, that was the bar three thing. It was a thing that has made me happiest in my life. It's still, well, besides my family, but it still is like major joy giver. Flagstaff, we were just looking, my husband and I were looking at a bunch of towns and he said, I'm not moving east of the Rockies and I'm not going to Hawaii. So that okay. kind of limits where we are going. <laughs> And, um, and I knew we wanted a smaller town, mm-hmm. just a slower life in general. And we had some really good friends who lived here. So we were visiting, we'd mm-hmm. visited them off and on. And so I came back with like the intention of like, could I live here? Mm-hmm. And we bit the bullet and here yeah. I am. Yay. So, yeah. When you said you really like to move at first, I was like, you like to move places? Like you like to be a mover? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that too. I have moved around a lot, but I like to move my body. Because <laughs> you're originally an East Coaster, right? Um, I was born in the South in Arkansas. Oh. So I lived in Arkansas and then moved to Louisiana, Baton Rouge when I was two. Um, and I moved to DC for high school, college in New York City, law school in Ohio, then to oh, California Ohio. and then now Arizona. Okay. Wow. Because your mom is on the East Coast, right? No. She's a Southerner. Oh. oh. Mm-hmm. Wait, see, okay, you're dispelling all sorts of assumptions. I know. But, but you know, it's funny, even as you were talking, I was like, oh, yeah, you definitely have that really quiet little Southern note to your voice, which I've always oh. heard. That <laughs> I was like, huh. But, I think it's there. But I think bit. as you started talking about your past, it just got a little more pronounced, yeah. too. Because I, I left the South at 13, so... Mm-hmm. I, I mean, definitely you could... had, I had a major accent before then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. People yeah. think I have an accent. I'm like, I'm from Flagstaff. I don't, I don't think you I have I don't an know accent. what that means. You definitely uh, don't. You don't. <laughs> We're well, like, they said girl, it's a Flagstaff no. accent. So it's not huh. like, it's not an, like a Southern accent. It's not like Texas or Alabama or anything, but it's a mm-hmm. different way of like, I don't know if it's inclination or if it's just the way that I talk. It's not... Huh. Feels like anyway. a no accent. Maybe if Flagstaff is a Boring. no accent accent, <laughs> but it's just neutral. It's um, pleasant. Neutral. It's neutral is good for accent. It's independent. <laughs> I love me a good Southern accent, but I lived in the South for a long time too. Yeah. So I love when I get around Southerners because then I'll start slipping. You know, I start getting a little twang and y'all in my voice. <laughs> I say and... y'all all the time. Huh? I say y'all all the time. Well, that's been kind of just commandeered by everyone, but and it's um, and it's just a great word. It's a good multi-purpose. It's yeah. yeah it, I. I like it because it's not um, gender specific. It's a good way for me to be inclusive of a yeah. group of people without being you guys or girls or ladies. <laughs> ladies. Yeah. Yeah, I'm always like, hey, y'all. <laughs> I feel like that's how we should start our podcast from now on. Hey, y'all. Exactly. In that tone. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's been a good time in the South. Um, oh, goodness. Cool. All right. So what is what, what do we want to what do we want to drill her with questions next about? Um, so we could focus on how has your life evolved when it comes to reading? Like, have you always been a reader? 
did you read a book that was like, this is what it's like to find a good book that I love and so now I'm going to read more? What, what did you experience from a young age until now? I can't remember not reading. Hmm. So I feel like I've always been a reader. I remember just like sitting outside at, on the patio with a book, like at, I don't know, three or four. Um, so I've always been a big reader. I was an mm-hmm. only child. I have some half siblings, but they're like 10, 15, 16 years younger. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like I grew up as an only child. And so books were a huge entertainment for me. Mm-hmm. Plus it was pre computer, mm-hmm. pre cell phones. <laughs> so there was do? that too. Um, yeah. So I've always read and I, I kind of took not a hiatus. I've always had a book, but it felt like when my kids were little, it would take me six months to get through a book. Mm-hmm. And now I'm kind of back in that phase in my life where I read, you know, every night mm-hmm. and I get through a book every couple of weeks. Cool. Are yeah. you a completer of the book, even if you're not liking it? Or do you give it up if you don't like it? I'm trying to be a giver upper. Mm-hmm. Good. Mm-hmm. Me too. It's, it's not easy in my nature. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. I'm a, I'm a reformed completer too. And I think especially as I more and more in the book world, I'm just like, life is too short to read books you don't like, but, but it's hard sometimes because it takes, I'm always willing to give it more time than curious. And then sometimes I reach a tipping point where I'm like, well, I'm this far in, I might as well just go ahead and finish it. Mm. I don't know if you have that happen. Yeah, I definitely Mm -hmm. do. But I'm trying to look, I'm really trying to like, oh, that for that reason, there's Mm -hmm. so many amazing books. I only have a certain amount of time to read and I want it to be something really enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Do you have like a page limit of when you give a book and then you're, you chuck it if you don't like it? No, I think I get to that point where after a week or two, where it feels, it doesn't feel like, I don't feel compelled to read it. I feel kind of dread, not Mm -hmm. that joy of like, Mm -hmm. I can't wait to curl up with this book. Right. That's a sign for me. And I sometimes push it a little bit more than I should past that. Yeah lack of joy because yeah. I keep thinking well surely it'll get better right. <laughs> I'm the same way I'm like it's got to get better I mean someone published this so it right. has to be good. right it got 4.7 stars on Goodreads why mm. isn't it good yeah. yeah well that's part of why we have been slowly evolving our format because I think we found that it was it was kind of sucking the joy of reading out for us because Kiri has no problem quitting, which would then heighten my sense of responsibility to finish a book, even if I wasn't feeling it. Because I was like, well, we've committed to talking about this book on the podcast, so one of us better have read all of it. And I think we got to the point where we're like, why are we doing this to ourselves? Yeah. I feel like it shifted when Nan died. I was just like, life is like too short to read books that you're like dreading of like, mm-hmm. you just don't ever know. And I don't want to like have a shitty book and then like... Mm-hmm. That'd be the that was your last book, right? Yeah. 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 Well, I can totally relate to you. You know, I was an only child growing up, too, and lived in a rural area. And so, yeah, books have always been a huge part of my life. And, again, pre, you know, we had three television stations when I was growing up. So, you know, you just didn't, there was a lot of less distractions. And I'm guessing just having met your mom a couple times, which has she always been a big influence in your reading life? Yeah. She, yeah, so I figured. Yeah. Yeah. My mom, whenever she comes to visit, we go to the bookstore mm. because Corey recommends amazing books. She's a good book yeah, matchmaker. Yeah, she's great. Mm-hmm. So we always take a visit whenever mm-hmm. she comes. But yeah, she's always, always encouraged me to read. I think part of her generation also was um, kind of that cusp. So she was born uh, in the 40s, mm-hmm. right? Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And always, I think when she grew up, she 
understood the value of an education for a woman. Mm -hmm. And I think she always, so as a young girl, pushed me to read Mm -hmm. and uh, learn Mm -hmm. because she wanted me to be able to take care of myself when I grew up. So that was kind of a big motivator. So one of my first books I remember reading, I wonder if it's even still around. It was something like, almost was like a Dr. Seuss type book. But it was called Girls Can Be Anything Boys Can Be. Oh. Such a 70s book. Wow. Right? I kind of want to buy that for all of my yeah. friends. <laughs> it's, it's really cool on the last page. But it really was like one sentence a page. Like mm-hmm. a girl can be a doctor. Mm-hmm. A girl can be this. And the very last page was even President of the United States. Oh. And I remember that reading that book a lot when I was a little kid. It was really motivational. Is, are you coming out to us and saying that you're going to run? I'm running. Yes. <laughs> Running in your spare Yeah. No. Um, but, but that yeah. would be a cool way to come out of being like, I read, was reading this book when I was little, and yeah. here I am. Here I am, running for president. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I want to see. I should check sometime if that book's still around. Oh, you should, definitely. You should see if your mom still has your copy of it. She's given me all my books. Oh, okay. <laughs> One of those people who's like, here, here's your report card yeah, from second grade. Yeah. So I, she doesn't still okay. have it. So you'd yeah. have to go out on to I'd the interwebs. I'd have to find it. Yeah. Right. I bet you Amazon has the name of all has everything. Yeah. yeah. Or eBay, if you want to get a, like, oh, a vintage copy of it. That like, would be so cool. <laughs> really cool. I'd keep it at the studio. Yeah. I love it. Do it, do it. So you said reading is pretty much part of your life every day. So what is kind of your ideal setup for um, reading? Bed or bath. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I'm not the person who will, I mean, I'd read at a coffee shop, Mm -hmm. but I'm easily distracted and it's not comfortable. Mm -hmm. I'm the person who... Like, I work in the bed. I do everything. Like, I would eat in my bed if I were socially acceptable. So, yes, I, um, yeah, mm-hmm. I cannot wait to just get it. Maybe because I move all day. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, just laying down in bed and reading or mm-hmm. reading in the bath. The, all my books are kind of waterlogged mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, yeah, those are my places. Okay. I was going to ask, I was like, so how, what kind of reading do you, yeah, I, well, I don't like baths, so, like, the idea of just sitting in water and reading just sounds really mm-hmm. uncomfortable to me. I think you just have to have a good bath experience. No, I've had good bath experiences. <laughs> I don't like sitting in water. I don't really like swimming, you know. So. Oh. I, I'm in, like, get in, You're shower, get out. You're a person. <laughs> yes, which is probably why I love the mountains. <laughs> I like water. It's important. I like to drink it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we're getting it for the environment. Yeah. Which yeah. Is nice. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, the world is made up of bath people and not bath people. It's true. I just happen to be. You're a bath person. I'm a Curie. bath person. Like Epsom salt, the whole like thing. A, light a candle, <laughs> bath bomb, little sage <laughs> on the side. Oh, yeah. Totally. I'm yeah. getting more. Chris, like, takes baths for, like, hours. And he'll just, like, continually fill up. I can't do that. Like, 30 <laughs> minutes is, like, the max that I can handle. And then I get cold, and I'm like, okay, I want to put clothes on. Well, then you keep and... adding hot water. Yeah, it's not necessarily great for the environment. <laughs> but I think yesterday I was in there about an hour. And I ta- No, Friday I taught three classes Ooh. and then worked with, like, took a class with oh, a man. trainee. And I went home. I think I took a two-hour bath. 
So I kept, I just have this thing with my foot where I can like, turn, I don't even have to sit up. I can turn on the hot water with my toes. It's really decadent. Awesome. Got a little shelf for beverages. Oh. And I line them. I get several. Nice. I'm going to be in there for two days. You need everything. I, like I said, I have probably, snacks there too? I, I have eaten in the tub too. <laughs> Do we really have to publish this? Like, she yeah. confessions. You didn't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah, we can switch to a, a different question. <laughs> yes, That's, I'm digging a hole here. So yeah, you know this is a judgment thing. Um, yeah, I mean, this what you do in the privacy the of, of my bathtub? It's <laughs> all right. So, um, well, what's your turn? Well, no, oh, you you're can, you've talking. already started. Yeah. Okay. Well, here we go. <laughs> is there anything you'd like to change about your current reading life? What we talked about earlier, just mm-hmm. that ability to let go. Yeah. Okay of feeling I need to read something. One thing I did, I used to do is, um, which I've totally let go of, is if um, reading books that are like considered great literature, Uh but that are just almost impenetrable. Like Moby Dick. (laughs) Yes, but didn't try that one. But like, like not to, but like Thomas Pynchon or something (laughs) like that, where Uh I'm like, what the hell are you, like, I don't even, I'm looking up every other word in the dictionary Mm -hmm. and it's complete, this is cryptic. Mm -hmm. It's not enjoyable. And so I stop, like I've let go of that need to, that one's gone and now I just need to let go of finishing. So you want reading to be, I hesitate to use the word effortless, but you don't want it to be another chore or like a job or a research article yeah right you want to you just want to get immersed and not feel like you have to like have this big intellectual engagement with it as well right yeah do you use books for escapism like do you like to read books that kind of take you out of your what we're currently living in or your current life so that you can be like oh we're gonna pretend like we're in this 1860s countryside in England drinking tea. Yeah. And it doesn't even matter what the topic is. I think for me, a good book is that word that sort of ease or Mm -hmm. effortless. It doesn't have to be like a page turner, but it's a book where I'm just, I'm in it. You know, I'm not Mm -hmm. even aware that I'm reading, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Mm -hmm. I'm not forcing it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm not distracted. Mm -hmm. I'm just in it. Yeah. And it creates a feeling or like an emotion. Mm-hmm. I have a really good question for both of you, which I don't think I've asked you mm-hmm. either. Is mm-hmm. So when you're reading a book, there's been a lot of conversation about people that have internal dialogue and people that don't have internal dialogue. And I was talking to a couple friends. And when I read a book, like I, it's like a movie playing in my head of where I am and the characters and the situation. And another friend said that he doesn't get that. He just reads the words and it's he knows the words so he can digest them do you guys have like a movie going in your brain while you're reading or do you just see sorry i cut you off no it's okay do you mean where i'm visualizing like the whole book like you have picked out your character of what the character looks like and they're like a movie in your brain while you're reading yes yeah and i notice it a lot when i've read when I watch a movie based on a book that I've mm-hmm. read and it's kind of almost disturbing right. when the person doesn't look like I imagined him or her to look. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's some books, yeah. maybe not all of them, but I'm sure that just sort of depending on mm-hmm. what, if it's kind of a heavy visualization mm-hmm. book yeah. versus dialogue. Huh. I, mm-hmm. I think I fall more, so I don't want, 
so I, I I get immersed into the story, but I don't. I think it's more like someone's having a conversation with mm, me. Okay. So I don't know that I'm creating like, and maybe this is why I struggle with like high fantasy and things like that mm. because they're like all this world building, and I'm just not in it to create like to create that visual in my head or like here's what happens I think I'm more tangible so I I like I'm that person like if there's a map on the inside cover of a book I'm constantly flipping back and forth and like looking at like the map Mm. and where different things are I want I want it to be shown to me (laughs) I don't want to create it in my own head no interesting uh -uh. do you have internal dialogue as far as like me talking to like the characters in the book? No, just like in general, do you have internal dialogue of like oh, yeah. oh that was stupid, Corey, why would I do that? Oh something? yeah, all the oh, time. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I'm conducting like a little science experiment, I feel like. Because <laughs> <laughs> my one friend said I don't have internal dialogue. I'm like, what does that that's like Buddhism. Like you are Buddha if you can't if you don't like talk to yourself in your brain. Oh, I'm constantly what is that like? talking to myself. But that's different. But again, that's a conversation, right? I'm not necessarily visualizing things. True. Yeah. I don't know that I have what you're describing. It depends on the book. If it's really a book that I'm immersed in, mm-hmm. there's no me. Yeah. Let's talk about Buddhism. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Like, I evaporate. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. just reading and I'm completely in it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there may be a distraction, right? A dog barks or something. I'm like, oh, right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's how I world. am. But I'm not, I'm not conversing. In my, I'm just... Hmm. I'm reading. Interesting. I'm one with the words. <laughs> <laughs> one with the words. Yeah, are you, like, more observing as it unfolds than I guess? Like, you're the fly on the wall as you're reading and you can see the, like, movie projection? Yeah. Yeah? As I'm reading. But mm-hmm. there's no dialogue. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I only talk to myself. <laughs> Not to characters in books. <laughs> Does that make well, haven't you ever been reading a book and you're like, you're in it and you're like, I'm jonesing for this book. It's so good. And then they do something so bloody stupid and you're like, what the fuck? Well, yeah. Yeah. But do I you do, do that. that in your brain? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. See, so you're doing it. Don't make me feel like I'm a crazy person. <laughs> well, it's just not, it's just not a constant. Yeah. yeah. Mine's pretty constant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't yeah. think mine's constant. It's more like big things or I'll like turn it, set it down and be like, whoa. <laughs> like when I kind of come back to it, I guess. Mm. Um, but I think I'm more, uh, it's ironic that you, you feel like you have this movie unfolding because I, well, and maybe, ah, maybe this is it. Mm. I just had a moment. Light bulb. So one of the curious things, I don't know if you know this about her, is she gets really <laughs> frustrated if there's like a high level of detail oh, and yeah. description. fucking crazy. But maybe it's because you have a much easier job, or, or not job, easier time. Of making it my own. Making it your own. Where, oh. where I want someone to feed it to me. Yeah, I don't want that. I want them to present it. And then I can like... Then I visualize it because they've described it for me. And I'm like, okay, yeah, oh, I can see that. Oh, this is a good revelation. Right? Yeah. Do you see, you see what I'm saying Completely. here? Completely. It makes sense. What do you think? I think I'm probably somewhere in between the two of you. <laughs> We're very, like, black and white. <laughs> but I don't like a whole lot of detail either. Yeah. Mm. I get a little, yeah. like, I don't care. Corey really likes it. Yeah. Like, she's okay with somebody using 15 words to describe a ripeness of the tomato. And I'm like, yeah, just, just tell me the damn right. thing. Yeah. It's good. Is it good <laughs> or is it not good? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and I, I, that's funny because I, I think back to when we were at the Bar 3 Book Club on Wednesday. So we read A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. And we had some conversation. And it's highly descriptive. and But it's kind of highly descriptive about nothing. 
Yes. And I loved it. Oh, I would have not liked it. <laughs> I, I got through it, but there were definitely some times where, you know, you're flipping and you're like, how many, like, how many pages is yeah. in this book? Yeah. <laughs> I've got, I enjoyed it. And I was so glad that I read it, mm-hmm. but there was a level of, you know, the potato is this right. color and mm-hmm. yeah. We all know what a potato looks like. Yeah. Just tell us the type of potato and we can visualize it on our own. <laughs> or not. <laughs> or not. Is your mom right a tree grows in Brooklyn? I don't think she has. I should have. I was just with her, I, and I, I should have like asked her. I feel like she would like it. She might. She likes. Well, she likes historical. Right. Yeah. And I'll, I. Well, you never let her down, so I'll have to. <laughs> I'll have Corey to suggest said. it to her. Yeah. Yeah. And then if she doesn't like it, you can be like, "Well, Corey let you down." Yeah. <laughs> First time. Yeah. I. I don't know. I feel like just when you're talking about, uh, kind of the women empowerment and the power of education and historical fiction. I don't know. I, I feel like it could speak to her. And it's kind of her, it's probably close to her generation. Maybe a little. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a, maybe she's maybe a little. parents deck. Maybe right. my she's, grandmother. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. 1930s coming of age, 20s, 1910. 30s. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, so yeah. even older than my grandmother. Mm-hmm. We won't tell my mom that we were considering well, whether this one. <laughs> my 30 years. Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Yeah, so it'd be more, yeah, because I've, it's, yeah, it'd be like more like her mother. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm envisioning your mom's probably close to the same age as my mom. And yeah. so I'm thinking about my grandparents. Yeah. All right. Sweet. So you get to start asking the fun questions. I mean, they've all been fun, but you can start getting her to talk about the books she likes. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about genres. Do you have a top contender or a top three of genres that you like? Not really. Really? Yeah. I mean, I know what I don't like. I, I'm like you, Corey. I'm not a big like fantasy mm-hmm. sci-fi, but I just love just a good, good fiction. I primarily read fiction. Mm-hmm. I will listen to nonfiction, but I, I'm a, yeah, I like miss. I kind of go through periods where I love a mystery, mm-hmm. but I just love good literature. Mm-hmm. That's where I, that's my go-to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you, I grew up in the Bay Area for a little bit. Did you? And I just read the um, "I'll Be Gone in the Dark" by the for, uh, that is in regards to the Golden State Killer. Have you read that book? I can't. Yeah, read that kind of book. So I finished it, and my cousin sent me a text message and said, "My best friend's dad was one of the victims in that book, like him and his partner." Oh and I was like. Jeez. And I forget, yeah. like, Fremont was part of that, like, spiel, mm-hmm. and that was the right timing, and I would wa- I would listen to it at 6 o'clock in the morning while I was walking the dog in pitch black in my neighborhood. Which was crazy. But it was, like, this fun little thrill of, like, I mean, I live in Swiss Manor, and nothing bad's going to happen to me, and you the think? dog would be... I'm know. surprised, <laughs> given what we've talked about, about your imagination. <laughs> exactly. I could, Psycho has ruined showers for me. That's probably why I, like, I haven't seen baths. <laughs> But forever taking a shower alone has I'm like forever been ruined. Yeah. And then I watched it again with my son and he just laughed. Um, but um yeah. So I like any any good literature. What is your do you have a favorite book of all time? One that you would like it's your sick day book or it's your book that you pick up when you're So my favorite book 
forever that I, I usually don't reread books, but it's To Kill a Mockingbird. Mm. Oh. Just love, love. And I love the movie. Just love that book. And I think for me, I've often thought like, what, what, like, what do I love? Because like, it just, it just makes me happy to read the book, even though, right, it, there's some really heavy right. things going on. I think it's my childhood mm. that especially the parts of the book where um, Scout is outside playing in the South, that like that was me. Right. Mm. You go outside. It's hot. It's muggy. And you're just, you know, playing outside. You're hearing the screen doors slamming. And I just it it just for me, it's an emotion. It's a feeling. It's a memory. I love that book so much. Cool. Yeah. And then my favorite author, anything by Murakami. I don't know that Really? Is. Yes. So different. So he's Japanese. He's still alive. Um, Hiroki is his first name. Okay. And I don't even know how I discovered him, but he's the one author that I, if I see he's written something new, I mean, I just, I love, love, love his writing. And I started, you should start with, um, it's like 1984, but it's IQ84. Oh. It's a thick book. And I think, again, it's the same thing. Obviously, I've never lived in Japan, but it's for me, it's a feeling. When I read um, anything by him, it's so calming. Mm. There, I, he, his mm. writing is very simple. It's, um, there's a little bit of, like, not fantasy in the way that you might think about it, but it's not tethered to reality. Interesting. <laughs> and... It's just this sim- like feeling of ease and simplicity when I read and like anything, anything by him. Wow. I'm obsessed. Okay. Yeah. See, I've avoided him. I just and it's funny because I feel like he falls into that kind of maybe I'm maybe I'm just misjudging, but I feel like it falls into that kind of abstract, obscure, kind of dense, hard to read literature that you said you you prefer to avoid. And it's not that way. Okay. It's okay. not that way at all. It's um it feels like a like um, for me like this emotional calm journey, mm. and it's it's really it's very accessible. I'm not like what's I mean. There's a little bit of like what's going on, but not in this impenetrable way. But it's because it's kind of loosely tied to reality. Okay. Hmm. Oh, I can't wait for you guys to try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I always want to try um, Kafka on the shore. That one always catches my eye for some reason. I haven't read that one. Okay. So we'll have to, we'll have to, we'll have to try it, or at least I'll try one and see what I think. Okay, but I'll try that one, and I'll be okay it's, with um, abandoning if I don't like it. Yeah, <laughs> stick with that one a little bit longer. Okay. What about this one? I usually give fifty pages to a book before I say bye bye. I, I would give IQ eighty four a little, or one Q eighty four a little bit longer. Okay. It's pro- I don't even. It's like this. It's um, it's a door oh, it's like a doom inch. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. but. Oh, it's so calming, <laughs> and it's not overly descriptive, and <sighs> that's how I feel when I read it. That oh, like, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. It's like, for me, also, it's, you know, it's like being in Japan in a way, like this, mm-hmm. like, simplicity and calmness, mm-hmm. and love it. Did okay. you read it while you were in Japan recently? No, I read it after I had been to Japan the okay. first time. That's when I started to read him. I wish I could remember like how I discovered this. <laughs> but it's been, yeah, love, love, love. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So I guess let's, we kind of started going in this direction. 
But um, so to prep our guests, we've asked them to come prepared to talk about two books that they really love. So it sounds like a good time to transition into that. Well, I think that the two like were To Kill a Mockingbird and anything. Oh, but, okay. mm-hmm. but I did because. Um, yeah, I see you have a little stack. I'm reaching for my stack. Mm. So um, I was just in Iceland this mm-hmm. time last week. And so when jealous. I was at the airport on the way home, I went into the bookstore and they had just this little section of um, Icelandic novels, but they were in English. Hmm. So I would have bought all of them, but I didn't have <laughs> enough room in my luggage. But it's funny going back to my mom. My mom and I bought um, this one together and we're reading it at the same time. Oh. We text each other. Um, it's like a virtual book club. Yes, and this is, um, it's called Burial Rites by Hannah Kent. I have this on my to-read list. It's yeah. supposed to be really good. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. So it's based on a um, the early 1800s, and it's um, about a murder, and it's about the woman who was convicted of this murder mm-hmm. and um, kind of switches points of view. And I, I love, I think... Often when I go to a country, then I really want to immerse myself in the literature mm-hmm. afterwards. And so that's why I have all these books. <laughs> but it's, I just, I'm really, it's, it's that nice blend of suspense, but it's not um, over the top. Or creepy. Or creepy mm-hmm. and, and um, kind of get to understand a little bit more of her history. It's sort of slowly unfolding. And also there's that piece of, Icelandic history mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. what it was like to live there. And now I can picture what the wind is like. So when they describe the wind, I'm like, oh, yeah, I know, <laughs> I the know wind. that. <laughs> so I got that. And then, um, so I'm really in love, loving that. And then I got three others. Um, Did you read all of them yet? No. No. I just brought them in case you wanted Ooh, to see them. Kind of creepy. Yeah, don't you love, I also love a good, like, Scandinavian thriller. Mm. Like, they're, they're, um, now like a, like maybe a little gorier than I would normally like a little bit more in that psycho uh-huh. Uh-huh. like the <laughs> like yeah um so kind of like Joe Nespo like the yes, Smith, like Harry Hole and the um what was the big one that that they made movie it was um oh the girl with the dragon, dragon, dragon tattoo. tattoo that yeah, series that like good. those that kind of that something about what is it about Scandinavian it's probably because they're not so crass yeah, mm. kind of I feel dark like a lot and... of American thrillers mm-hmm. are just like they go above and beyond of trying to make you as uncomfortable as possible. And then the Scandinavia ones, I think it's more psychological and it's subtle. So you don't like realize that it's happening, like mm-hmm. that you're getting those goosebumps be on your neck of like, oh, my God, the so anticipation. Good. <laughs> so good. Yeah. So I got... Um, this one, I remember you. Have you heard of this author? Mm-hmm. But it looks like a good... Um, a ch- the Times says, A chiller thriller of immense scariness. Not to be read alone after dark. <laughs> you know I'm totally screwed oh, on this one. <laughs> I'll be reading this noon in the bathtub with a house full of people. But, yeah. Anyway. Cool. So, that's what I'm currently reading. Cool. Nice. What was the book that wasn't for you? Like, is there one that you just love to hate and hate on? <laughs> Um, anything by James Joyce. I think it's going back to that, like, genre, like the books that just feel like, oh, I should read this right. because it's considered great literature, but mm-hmm. it's just not 
it's not enjoyable. It's mm-hmm. hard to read. And mm-hmm. there was one Thomas Pinchon that my dad gave me, and I felt really bad because he loved it. And I was like, screw this. So- I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Feeling really stupid. This is not enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So I did not finish that one. Okay. Was that yeah. the Gravity's Rainbow? Yes. Yeah, that's kind of the. Yeah. Yes. I've not read it. I put the name. Don't. Yeah. I put <laughs> the name out of my head. <laughs> Got it. Um, All right. We'll erase it again. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fine. Do you have like a beyond like what you've talked about? Do you have like a go-to book that you'd love to recommend to people that you're like, I need to put this in your hands. You mm. must read this book. I think. One Q eighty, yeah. Okay, yeah. Right. The Murakami. Yeah. Cool. Have you uh, happened? Did you happen to read where the crawdads sing? I haven't yet. Mm-hmm. I have to. Um, I think get in the right mindset about it because I I have a hard time with books where kids or animals mm. suffer greatly, mm-hmm. and so I kind of know a little. I know it's a great book. I know I will be happy. Mm-hmm. Not happy, but. Glad to have read it when mm-hmm. it's over, but I'm just, I haven't been able to pick it up. Did you read it? I did. It was yeah, actually you had a pot I yeah. recommended to you because I think it doesn't have the overly details, but it's subtle enough to like, but I didn't, there, the thing about that book is that I cried and I laughed and I cried and I laughed, but I never felt bad. Like I never felt emotionally not okay with it, which is... I don't know. It, it's it's an interesting read. I listened to it, and the narrator did a beautiful job because it's from the Kaya's perspective, and it's like a very southern voice, female strong voice, and it's just it's beautiful. I will read it. Okay, I will. <laughs> I'll tell you what, you read Murakami. Okay, and I'll then we can have that. tea and we can talk about and then it. We'll talk about it. Ooh, yeah. I love it. <laughs> Okay, so I... Corey's written a lot of notes for you of books. Okay, I have five different books. I'm not going to recommend all of them, but let me kind of see maybe some directions. I did write down an Icelandic one, but I feel like maybe you're set with Icelandic I feel I've got a good stack going here of four books. So let me kind of give you some categories. I have a nonfiction that might tie to your love of um, To Kill a Mockingbird. I have a flat-out creepy domestic thriller mystery I have kind of a literary suspense, um, a book that kind of is fantasy, but really more magical realism, and then um, one that is by a Japanese author. Oh. So I'm gonna, I can give you at least, I'll give I'll you at three. least two. You want three? I want the Japanese author. Okay. This is like shopping. <laughs> this is so fun. It's book matchmaking. <laughs> no. Behind door number two. Okay. That one, I want the first one that's the nonfiction kind mm-hmm. of like To Kill a Mockingbird. Okay. And then l- the literary suspense. That was supposed to be kind of leaning towards. So sweet. Okay. Those are the three I was really leaning towards. All right. Mm-hmm. So we will start with um, Long Bright River by Liz Moore, which is a new mystery. It just came out and really, really good. It's set in Philadelphia and it's a kind of a mix up of a police procedural literary suspense family drama and it addresses the um oh i can never say this word opioid 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 um problem so you have a young woman who is a police officer and her younger sister is um addicted to drugs and pretty much lives on the street um pays you know get uh pays for she doesn't pay for sex she lets others pay her for sex so that she can get her drugs get her drugs 
and the sister's gone missing. And so you have kind of this whole story unfolding throughout. She's a single mom. And um, and it just really kind of immerses you in this neighborhood called Kensington in the Philadelphia area. But you have this underlying mystery of what's going on with her sister. Where is her sister? There's someone killing young women in this neighborhood. So that's kind of the other big mystery part. (laughs) But it's not graphic. It's really more about relationships and family. And it kind of goes back in time. And you hear her life story and her story with her sister and kind of how she ended up where she is right now as a single mom with not talking to her sister. And then it kind of goes through that and it unfolds. But Sounds great. Really well written. Um, highly recommend it. So that is Long Bright River by Liz Moore. Okay. okay. We'll send you a text message with this stuff. Yeah, Please. Yeah. we will. Yeah. Okay, so then the next one is uh, The Furious Hours. Oh, let me get the full title here for you. Where are you? Here we go. Furious Hours, Murder, Fraud, and the Last Trial of Harper Lee. Oh, geez. <laughs> By Casey Sepp. The Last Trial. Yeah. What's the last? What is that referring to? So the backstory is, so let me get down here. I'm just going to kind of read you a little bit of it. Uh, Reverend Willie Maxwell was a rural preacher accused of murdering five of his family members for insurance money in 1970s. With the help of a savvy lawyer, he escaped justice for years until a relative shot him dead at the funeral of his last victim. Despite hundreds of witnesses, his murderer, Maxwell's murder was acquitted thanks to the same attorney who had previously defended um, the Reverend. Sitting in the audience during the vigilante's trial was Harper Lee, who had traveled from New York City to her native Alabama with the idea of writing her own in cold blood um, that she had helped her friend Truman Capote write. And so Casey Sepp kind of brings this whole story to life. That sounds great. Totally. Like, did did you all read that other one that was written about Harper Lee and her sister that might have, there was some um, controversy about whether it was, she actually oh, authorized it. The Ghost of a yeah. Watchman? I have not. No, not this, not the, her actual book, oh, okay. but it was um, like the bird or some the mockingbird something like but it, hmm. it's um it's like a bi- biography of her and her oh, sister living in alabama uh-uh. but there was drama about whether or not harper lee actually whether she was fit okay, enough mind her, yeah. to have authorized it but this is re- this sounds great okay yeah Getting that one. Yeah, I totally was like, wrote that down when you were talking about, and I was like, oh, and it has like the law and the, yeah. Okay, so the last one, and I actually have a copy of this, so I'll pass this one on to you. Um, It's called The Convenience Store Woman, and it is by um, Sayaka Murata. I probably totally mangled that, so sorry. But it's the English language, English, oh, I can't talk. (laughs) The English language debut of one of Japan's most talented contemporary writers. And so it's the story of 36-year-old Tokyo resident Keiko. And Keiko's never fit in, neither in her family nor in school. But when at the age of 18, she starts working at the Haramachi branch of Smile Mart, she finds peace and purpose in her life. And so it's literally just about her life of, you know, everyone's like, don't you want to do more than work at a convenience store? And she's like, nope, I take pride in my work. And it's just about her, like, doing her thing every day. I can tell already. I'm going to love that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So great. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah, those are our suggestions. Those sound amazing. Those are Corey's suggestions. Yeah. (laughs) 
Corey is the book person. She's, and I'm just like it's like crazy uncanny <laughs> what you can do. She gave me like a stack of fifty books, and I think I probably liked thirty of them or so. So it's just psychology. It's just psychology. No period. big deal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not getting into your brain and figuring out what you want to do and what you want to read. Okay, so that's kind of creepy when you put it that way. (laughs) Well, you know what I think the difference is? Most people recommend books because we liked the book. Yeah. Mm. And I feel like when you recommend a book, it's because Mm -hmm. it's something about the person Mm -hmm. to whom you're recommending it. And that's, that's different than most people. You're right. And, you know, and honestly, I abandoned Convenience Store Woman. It wasn't right for me. Uh-oh. But when you maybe comedy <laughs> is not going to be right for you. Probably either. not, but I'll try. Okay. Yeah. All right. But when I listened to you talk about it, I was like, "Oh yes, this you are the audience for this book, not me, but you." So mm. that's what's great about it. So if you just want to throw out any British literature, it is will always be me. <laughs> <laughs> Such <laughs> well, and you have a good soft spot for historical fiction. I know, I know it's it, so good. Like that's kind of the easy one for me. Like yeah. if you're in a reading slump, I'm like, if I know if I find you just the right historical fiction, yeah. you're gonna devour it in like yeah. two days. Yeah. So it's true. Yeah. Or British romance. Yeah. You can't go wrong. It's true. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of like British, that, like fifty, like old, a Jane Austen, like what, no, like, what? what like scandalous British romance, like things more that, modern, like mm, modern yeah. writers, modern right, but, writers, but like you know, it talks about like the men being a rake and sleeping with a bunch of women and like scandalous, like <laughs> premarital sex and like 1800s Britain and like that sort of trashy British novels got it yeah mm-hmm. or historical fiction yeah or sci-fi <laughs> or this <laughs> or that or george Eliot, which doesn't make any sense most of the time but hmm. i did not know that really okay. i love george Eliot. all right yeah cool. i also like Anne rand which is shocking for a democrat but <laughs> i find her fascinating i haven't tried it yet i sh- again that to me falls like fountainhead yeah. in yeah. the category of should read yeah but, but maybe I who is john yeah. galt i think is my favorite of hers it's a beast of a book and it's crazy and her notions are a little bit cuckoo but i really enjoy it cool. i used to have a bumper sticker that said who is john galt and everybody'd be like are you republican i'm like no, no, but I really like that book. <laughs> and then a cyclist was riding next to me one day, and my window was down. He's like, I know who John Galt is! And I was like, oh, this is the first time that's ever happened. <laughs> and he was very excited to make sure that exactly. you knew that he knew. It's like a secret club. Like, of two. Exactly. And Flagstaff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. That is hilarious. <laughs> well. Well, I think we I've come to the end um any last comments or thoughts this was so fun oh good <laughs> and i cannot wait to get those three bucks well you'll have to report back to us and see what you want yeah let yeah. us know I give us a report card so totally <laughs> i'm on it yeah and i want to hear about murakami oh yep all right. we have it it's written down i'll, so, I'll, I'll be I'll texting you tomorrow to see, i think they do oh, okay cool yeah oh yeah i'm sure that they have it yeah. they have a lot because i've checked out other murakami before oh, okay. yeah flagstaff public library is so awesome so too good. it is yeah. so good yeah yeah yeah. Agreed, agreed. All right. All right. Well, that Signing is it off. for today. If you like our new format or you want to be on our show, let us know. You know how to reach us. Farewell. Adios. Bye. <laughs> hey, book friends. We hope you enjoyed our conversation today. Thanks for listening along with us. Head over to our podcast site to share your recommendations and your opinions with us on the books we have read. 
That website is booksandteapodcast.com. It's also where you will find our podcast show notes with a full list of titles for the books, along with our favorite tea and what we mentioned today. If you are on any social media, feel free to stop by our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter accounts. You will find those links on our website. To be the first to hear about the next new podcast and what we are working on, make sure you are signed up to our newsletter. 